Radio. Beautiful music playing for you this Tuesday morning on your number one station, RX Radio. Today is Tuesday, the 1st of March. Uh, March smells good, I gotta say. Is it smelling good for you, Olive? Of course. <laughs> I would say uh, March is definitely off to a good start. You know, for me, I'm not over the fact that we are in the last month of the first quarter. <laughs> Do I make sense? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you are making sense, definitely. And uh, clearly, time is going by so fast. Everything's moving so quickly. Um, it's just uh, hard to keep track of uh, you know everything that's happening. It's just uh, before you know it, it'll be Christmas and the year will be over. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, all the while, we're still here thinking about uh, the tragedy unfolding in uh, Ukraine. Uh, we're looking at uh, some of the other things that are happening uh, in Uganda. There's some uh, drama on social media mm. featuring yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> really? Which drama is that? I must have missed it. Yeah, you must have. But you will hear about it soon. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's warfare. <laughs> you and someone else? Yeah. You're like in... <laughs> I can't believe uh, you're not aware of it, but uh, don't worry. Someone will tag you to something. <laughs> One of these, yeah? probably today or tomorrow. Okay. But let's uh, talk about the events unfolding in Ukraine. So, uh, obviously, we know that Russia has invaded uh, Ukraine. Yes. Uh, initially, I first thought it was just about some of the disputed uh, uh, two regions. Mm-hmm. I forget their specific names, but certain regions that are, uh, of which uh, Russia has uh, recognized their autonomy and sovereignty mm. uh, from Ukraine. Uh, but uh, Putin went further. He's actually He went uh, to invade the country and to attack the military installations of, of, of Ukraine. Uh, and so their troops are inside. The Russian troops are in Ukraine. And uh, what has unfolded thereafter, for me, has been a war of propaganda. I feel like there is information warfare going on. Like, put aside for one moment, Olive, the actual war. war, But there is also a war for the narrative, for control of the narrative. Mm. You you can see both sides, uh, although I would argue particularly one side, working very hard to push one uh, perspective on the conflict. Now, say what you will about Putin or Russia, but I feel like the media is employing a rather heavy hand in how they are casting uh, Putin's motives uh, and, and, and really the justification for Putin. He's been painted as a sick tyrant and a demagogue, uh, totalitarian dictator, which he may be all those things for sure, for all we know, and probably he is. Mm. He's been in power for 20 years. Uh, but nonetheless... Why is it that, in your opinion, uh, don't you also feel, because this is what I feel, don't you also feel that there is an absence of context in framing the the conflict, uh, mm. the genesis of the conflict? And it, it is just being made to be seen as though Putin just hates that Ukraine is becoming more independent. Uh, independent uh, uh, and th- so they're just being a big bully. Uh, okay, at some point, it was made to look like Putin doesn't want them to be independent because in his speech, there is somewhere, I don't know whether it was lost in translation, there is somewhere where he said that uh, he doesn't recognize it as a country, it is a construct and it should be back to where it belongs as part of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've, I've heard uh, that being said also. Uh-huh. So he could have said that or it could have been misinterpreted because we don't speak Russian. No, I think uh, that is probably true. Uh-huh. I think uh, if, if you look at how you know the Soviet Union was constituted, 
and how essentially a lot of these countries were kind of uh, thought to be parts of Russia, and then when the Soviet Union broke away, then well, these most different of them became independent independent countries. Uh, and yet, these are countries that still had very strong ties to Russia, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that it was going to be difficult uh, for Russia to adapt to these other regions being completely independent of them, especially as it relates to any alliances they may seek to form with Western powers, especially NATO. Yeah. So the reason NATO was created was to act as a, I guess, uh, like a force uh, uh, to be uh, set against the Soviet Union, right? Mm-hmm. And the Eastern uh, Axis or the Eastern powers. Uh, and so one might wonder why such a thing is still needed now that the Soviet Union doesn't exist. But nonetheless, uh, Russia is viewed as the primary aggressor against NATO. And so when NATO uh, continues to admit members coming ever more closely to the Russian border, admitting several members that share border with Russia, Mm. it started to make Russia feel very nervous because it seemed like a clear, aggressive measure. So at the end of the Cold War, there was an agreement between NATO and uh, Russia. By then, it was still the USSR. Mm -hmm. And the agreement was that NATO should not extend near Russia's borders. Yes. So when the USSR was was uh, uh, dissolved, and these countries became independent, most of them, a total of fourteen, have joined NATO. Mm-hmm. And now Ukraine wants to join NATO too. Mm-hmm. And Russia is like, no, because what happens every time a country joins NATO, they put a base. Yes. In that country. Yes. Now Putin is like, this is not happening because if NATO comes close, then we are not secure. Yeah. And that is his argument. And when Bernie Sanders was addressing, uh, is that the Senate the other day? Yes. He was like, Mr. President, if Mexico did this, mm-hmm. would the US just sit by and watch? Or it would try to protect itself? <laughs> it it this- clearly would. So... <laughs> This is one of those situations where um, they're no good guys or bad guys, Mm. but some guys are just being unfair. Um, Because if we, uh, I'm sure no Western power would ever uh, agree to that kind of aggressive measure. We know that in the 60s, Mm. uh, the U.S. almost went to war with the Soviet Union. That's correct. uh, Because uh, the Soviet Union was trying to place missiles, missiles uh, in Cuba. Mm-hmm. which is just 90 miles from the shore of the U.S. Yes. So for the U.S., this was unacceptable. And now they are telling Putin... Meanwhile, I'm not even on Putin's side. Uh-huh. But I'm like, okay, you see what was happening with Uganda and Rwanda, mm-hmm. where Uga- Rwanda had to even close its border, saying that we are facilitating dissidents mm-hmm. that want to, t- to take over the government in Chigali. It's the same thing here. Putin is saying you cannot join NATO because apparently... For Ukraine to be independent, one of the uh, one of the conditions was that it does not join NATO. Yes, <laughs> that was a gentleman's sort of agreement. Right, uh, and then they've defied it at every step. They've poked their finger at Russia and just kept uh, flirting and you know like accepting these overtures from the Western nations, from NATO and so forth. And it's seeking to join the EU. And it wants to join the EU also. And for Russia, that's really unacceptable because even historically, apparently uh, the, uh, the the German forces during World War II entered Russia through Ukraine. So apparently that's 
that uh, that area is a very strategically important area for Russia's defense. And so if that country ends up becoming allied with NATO mm. and starts to accept bases from NATO, which of course just means American uh, military power, uh, it's just completely unacceptable. Uh, and I can understand why uh, Putin might have been forced to take this rather extraordinary measure. Um, you know, Perhaps he could have tried other approaches to it, maybe diplomatic ones, but I would have to imagine that those have failed. I kind of feel like he's the kind of man who wants to do and will do whatever he wants to do. I don't remember who said it, but one of the world leaders said, Putin no longer surprises me. You'd be thinking that he's not going to do it. And he does and it. And he does it. That everything he has said in the past that he will do, he has done. To, to a degree, okay, those uh, those reasons we mentioned earlier, notwithstanding, I feel like he was just war hungry. I feel like these Western countries have amassed so much arsenal that they have no use for, mm. and now they want to start something. Well, um, obviously, we're not seeing the Western nations uh, respond in similar measure, at least not militarily so not far, <laughs> uh, but mostly through rhetoric, through sanctions, through things like that. Mm. Um, the entirety of Western media seems very much against uh, Russia and Russia's perspective on the issue. And, you know, the Ukrainians are being venerated as, as heroes, which, um, you know, is ironic because America... I don't know if you saw this tweet from the Russian embassy. Uh, in uh, the, the Chinese embassy in Russia, which said Even that the Russian embassy in Uganda. Uh, where they said 81% of wars since 1945 have been started by the United States. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, so it's very ironic for America to be making complaints about, you know, uh, Russian ag aggression or something like this. Uh, in fact, this is it. This is a tweet from the Russian embassy in Uganda Twitter account. It's a verified account. And it reads, the modern world must not ever forget the true face of the, quote, greatest democracy in the world. And there's a graphic posted beneath it that says U.S. intervention since World War II. Bomb attacks, sabotage, attempted regime change. And in it, I can't count how many there are, but there's at least over 60 instances of U.S. intervention in sovereign nations' affairs. Mm. So uh, if, you just, if you're going to want to make Russia look bad for what they're doing in Ukraine, uh, don't uh, forget that America has done so in, and to an even larger degree. Mm. Now, two wrongs don't make a right. I guess this is just an issue of fairness. Uh, and I think it helps to put into perspective uh, what's happening here. It would seem to me like the Western power should be trying to compel Ukraine to tone down the, you know, to, uh, or at least the Western power should be helping Ukraine by not involving themselves in Ukraine's affairs so much so as to give the appearance of neutrality to Ukraine. Because if they don't, then they invite the wrath of Russia upon Ukraine in the ways that we've been seeing. So um, are you saying, because the argument out there is that Ukraine is an independent country and so it should do as it pleases. It and Russia is like, no, I will not hear any of that. Kind of like, okay, so to go back to the Mexico example, so Mexico is a sovereign country and mm -hmm. it should ostensibly be willing to do whatever it wants. But then does that mean that as you, you as a country who might be hostile to the U.S., should you keep courting Mexico to accept your offers of assistance, to accept a military alliance with you? Uh, because that would, 
any country like for Mexico to entertain that would be in some way jeopardizing their own safety against America who might now try to take action against Mexico in order to not allow that kind of alliance to to take uh, root and so that is uh, what I mean mm. and I know it's a dicey question but uh for Ukraine to be able to enjoy their independence, should they not still at the same time appreciate their geopolitical significance and thus be careful in how they deal with uh, invitations for joining military alliances, especially given where they're situated? So now that he is inside, because he has attacked the country from north, east and uh, west, mm. um, what, what is the end game? Uh Is he going to take it over, make it a part of Russia again? (sighs) There's really no happy ending to this story because, I mean, where things have reached, I can only imagine that they're going to try to install a Moscow-friendly regime Mm -hmm. uh, in place. And uh, he called the current president a Nazi Nazi. And yet this man is actually, uh, uh, he is... uh, Of Jewish descent. Of Jewish descent. (laughs) <laughs> this is true. Uh, although there does seem to be a faction of Nazis within, uh, uh, you know, Ukrainian politics. Within Uk- uh, but that, you know, but that being said, um, the the whole Nazi thing is not something that I think we should pay that much attention to. But what do you think of this analogy? Um, if you, aha, uh-huh. so imagine you are friends with a, a couple, a married couple, mm-hmm. uh, and then they get divorced, a bitter divorce, right? And then each one comes to you telling them to be their friend. Now, if you happen to like both of them, wouldn't you, to preserve the friendship, try to remain as neutral as possible, as possible and don't put yourself out there as, okay, you know what, I'm going to be good friends with just the wife or good friends with just the husband because then that would complicate your relationship with the other party, wouldn't it? It's still dicey. In my, in a, in my opinion, who was my friend first? I will stay loyal to who was my friend. So who was Ukraine's friend first? (laughs) (laughs) Was it in Russia? (laughs) You got me there. (laughs) But uh, no, no, no. There's there's no happy ending. So if if they installed a like a Russia friendly, friendly. yeah, a a puppet Mm. that uh, sucked up to Putin, I don't know that that would help with the internal political stability of Ukraine. No, it won't. Because obviously there will be people within Ukraine who will not be happy with that development. The, the ones who maybe are more Western-leaning, who may want for Ukraine to join the EU and even NATO. Mm-hmm. Who knows? These people could start rebelling, protesting. And uh, how did this begin, by the way? It started with rebellions and protests within the country. Yeah. And for some reason, uh, Russia saw that as their cue. Yeah, so what happened is that uh, they had a, a Moscow-friendly government, I think it was called President Yanukovych, mm-hmm. and then in 2014, there was a bit of a revolution mm-hmm. in which the <laughs> Nazis <laughs> stormed the parliament uh-huh. and uh, forced the government out, and uh, apparently they had a lot of support from the CIA and Western powers. Uh, and then the person that was installed in power was a person that was very friendly towards Western interests and NATO. The, the, the current president, yeah. Zelensky. So, um, again, like if, if you're not for foreign interference in a country's sovereignty, okay, call out Russia, no problem. But you also have to call out America and who have also intervened in that same country that you think that people should be left alone to decide their fates. Um, 
So not that I, I don't want to belabor the point and you know everyone's sort of become a Ukraine expert, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's now even a meme. Um, but I, I think it uh, is a very fascinating geopolitical conflict. But I'll ask you something. I, I, something I've been asking people since this conflict. This uh, today is day six since the conflict began, and I asked Daniel last week. Do you think that this can culminate into something like what happened in the 1940s, mm-hmm. like a world war? Because right now uh, we have the we have or we already have allies. The EU, basically, the United States have pledged solidarity. Mm-hmm. It is said that they haven't yet sent military aid because the UN Security Council has to agree to that. And currently, Russia is chairing that. Mm-hmm. So are they going to abuse that and go ahead and send military aid into Ukraine? And if that were to happen, what's the response? Because on the other side, we have uh, China mm-hmm. that can't of ah. course, ali- align with the United States. Nope. These other West African powers, mm-hmm. and uh, then we have, of course, in in Eastern Europe, there is already Belarus that is on the side of Russia because mm-hmm. that is where they even launched one of their assaults onto Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that in case these people mm-hmm. were to intervene, because he warned them, Putin warned them, and said, if you intervene, you're going to see something that you've never seen in history. Whew. And we know that today, unlike back in that day, yet there was a lot of damage and loss of lives. We mm-hmm. know that today, if you mention countries like China, like Russia, like North Korea, there is a lot of uh, arsenal they have that they are willing to okay. launch. Now, <laughs> okay, in my personal uninformed opinion, <laughs> I think that uh, what whatever threats he was making may not have been military threats or nuclear threats when he when he said you'll face consequences like you've never seen Mm. i'm i'm inclined to think more of technological uh cyber warfare uh type things rather than a war uh, rather than like sort of you know armaments guns tanks missiles but the thing is that right now we have armaments tanks yeah 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 uh, it's already happening and mm-hmm. like in uh, when hitler started hitting uh, uh fighting back in the 40s uh in the 19 was it 1940s yes he started by hitting one country right yeah and before you knew it there other was countries a, got involved yes because the japanese leader was like he would be okay with letting the u.s launch missile attacks from well Japan. so far america and even putin himself has said that they should be on standby. Well, so far, America has shown no indication at all that they're going to participate in the conflict. Because uh, the Republicans there are already asking, why should we be losing money mm-hmm. in, uh, getting involved in Ukraine's issues? Right. So it may be, you may not see U.S. getting involved as the United States, but I don't. for, for them to get involved as NATO, I don't think they would require, uh, you know, authorization from congress to launch uh, an invasion or to launch some sort of retaliatory strike against uh, uh russia that is my assumption so you're saying they may not join uh, they may not get involved as the united states but they yes, may like, get involved as nato yes because uh and we've seen nato wreak havoc in places like libya mm. the libya debacle wasn't so much u.s involvement okay it was it was u.s involvement but under the guise of nato, NATO. right People don't give Obama enough credit for destroying Libya. <laughs> but, but people don't give uh, Bush enough 
enough credit for destroying Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah, uh, and every president that followed since. So, look, like I said, no good guys here. But in terms of the end game, as you are asking, it's really, really difficult to tell because I think the last thing they would want is like a protracted war, like a a war of attrition. Mm. Because there, it just will never end well. Uh, You will just be dealing with... You know, essentially, if it ends up having to be an issue of street, going street by street, it's going to end up in those situations where there'll just be civilian casualties, which it would appear they're trying their best to avoid at the moment. And yet, they have so far failed because yeah. people are being and killed. So, and all the Ukrainian military has to do, the uh, Ukrainian uh, administration, is to just embed their troops within civilian populations. Uh, ensure that Russian uh, retaliatory strikes hit residential places because then that would lead to... It's kind of like what they do in Palestine, right? Mm. So you then get more images of wounded children and mothers and civilians and then that inflames uh, public sentiment against Russia even more. Mm. Uh, it could get ugly. And so... It, I've actually already seen stories of families that have been killed, like an entire family killed. But let's not... by surviving members. But let's not forget we live in the era of fake news, meaning people circulate images of tragedies that occurred even years ago. And and there have been several of such images that have been used in the past uh, days. Um, I, was, I was going to say I've been following accounts by news media like BBC, but then you're going to say even those ones have fake news. Well, there was, uh, I think it was the Ukrainian Defense Ministry put out a video mm-hmm. showing one of their, uh, their, their aircraft shooting down a Russian fighter. Mm-hmm. It turns out that that clip the Ukrainian Defense Ministry put up on their official Twitter account is a clip taken from a video game. <laughs> You're kidding me. Yeah. And people in the comments were saying, wow, this is BS. And they even linked to a YouTube video of the same clip, but from years ago. And actually, even last week when the offensive began, Ukraine was saying that Russia had uh, hit a, a plane, their plane. Mm-hmm. And then Russia was saying, no, that was a Russian plane that was hit by Ukraine. Yeah. So you can't really tell who there was is a, lying. There was a video of a tank that appeared to roll over a civilian vehicle. I, I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't see that. Uh, that. And that got a lot of people freaked out. And yet it turns out that that was uh, a video of a Ukrainian tank. Uh, then there was a video of a someone crying in front of his daughter wishing her goodbye because they had to part ways and it turns out that that dude was also Russian. Now, I'm not here to say that everything you will see favoring the Ukrainian, pro-Ukrainian narrative is false or that everything that favors the Russian perspective is right. I'm just saying, go in knowing that both sides are going to play the information game. So, be very careful about what you choose to uh, accept as fact and uh, maybe try and verify what you see. Um, But uh, time will tell how the conflict will wind up or how it will end or if it will end. We can only hope that uh, it ends sooner than later. And that it doesn't spill over. We already have enough problems as Africa. (laughs) Man, we just came out of two years of COVID. Meanwhile, I saw a meme and I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. There was a picture of the coronavirus, mm. like exiting uh-huh. and almost closing the door. And then there was a missile opening, like, <laughs> I'm here, finally. I saw I'm that. Like, we just went out of one thing only to get into another that could even be more catastrophic. I saw that. That was a very funny meme. Uh, and like I said, come on, 
give us a break, huh? Whoever is pulling <laughs> the strings behind all these problems. I mean, we just got done dealing with the pandemic, which I'm glad. It's almost like we're leaving it behind now. And and that it's also ironic when you think about it, because now in the news, there is nothing of, about Corona anymore. Who cares? <laughs> we left that one behind. <laughs> now we're on Ukraine. Uh, okay. But anyway, um, let's keep paying attention to the story. And I know that... Uh, you know, we all want the best for everyone concerned, whichever side of the political debate you're on or whichever side you believe is justified or is, is the aggrieved one. Uh, what's important is that no lives are lost and let's hope to a quick resolution to the problem. You are listening to The Fat Boy Show here on your number one station, RX Radio. Uganda's King of Radio, unleashed and unplugged. The Fat Boy Show. You're listening to RX Radio.